This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 173. My name is Nick Howell. And uh, catching that uh, Fox News, I'm, I'm Fox News famous from getting that Chris Jericho Twitter heat. I am Surrey and Dangerous, and I'm Sasha Banks. to start off the show today, and that's just I'm not sure if that's something you ever truly aspired to, Sir Ian Dangerous. It certainly is not, but uh, yeah, thanks, Chris, for shouting me out on Twitter. Uh, Welcome to the show, everybody. We're going home to full gear, which is going on right after this show today. Yeah, uh, we're going to try and squeeze this thing in in time, Uh, but uh, full gear is coming up right after our show today, as well as our listener mailbag episode. But Nick, we've got a ton to get to right now. We've got to talk about Wednesday night which had AEW going home to full gear and NXT blowing the roof off the place. Uh, and we also have to talk about last night's SmackDown, unfortunately, yes. which uh, <sighs> very lackluster, very lackluster show. And I can't wait to uh, sink our teeth into that and try to tear it apart. But before we have to do that, Nick, we have to do our housekeeping. Yes. And then we can get into the meat of the show. Lots of housekeeping to get into today, guys. You definitely want to be, find us over on Facebook. Uh, search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Like our page. And then send us a join request to get into our Busted Wide Open discussion group with all of the rest of the phenomenal ones. Uh, we are going to be doing a watch party for the Full Gear Buy-In pre-show that will be happening tonight. So make sure you're in the group and you want to be in there to live chat with us. We can all watch it together. It's a lot of fun, but you got to be in the group to be able to see that. In addition, at the top of the group, you'll also find a pin post with a link to to our Discord community, uh, which is a separate application where we have all the controls and we have live chats 24-7 all the time, including Full Gear Tonight, upcoming for Survivor Series in a couple of weeks, and all other shows all throughout the week to keep all the spoilers out of the Facebook group. Uh, let's keep them in the Discord with live chats, and that is continuing to grow. So make sure you get in our Facebook. Make sure you get into our Discord community right after that. Uh, secondly, you can find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. You can find us here. Make sure you're subscribed, and make sure you hit that little notification bell so you get alerted and notified anytime we put up new videos, which are going to be doing a lot 
lot more of going forward and uh, put up new events for all of our live streams. That way you get a quick little reminder about 30 minutes before. You can settle in and enjoy the show. Shout out to the live chat. I see all of you in there chatting already. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and uh, you know, thank you guys for always being here on the live streams. It's why we live stream it. We want to interact with all of you guys while we're doing the shows. Last but certainly not least, uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash BWO. want to give a big shout-out to all of our patrons. Thank you for all of your support every single month. You guys are the fuel that keeps this machine running that is busted wide open, and we want to thank you as much as we can uh, because it, it continues to just grow and grow, and that's one of the best ways that you can contribute and get access to exclusives like the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag, which we'll be doing right after this show, so don't go anywhere. Stick around. We'll have a, a patron mailbag episode number six up for you as well as getting access to bonus episodes at the $10 tier and all kinds of good stuff above and beyond that. Patreon.com slash BWO is where you want to be for that. But Ian, we don't have a lot of big news this week, but we have certainly got no, we don't, a we don't. lot we, of stuff to talk about. We do. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. we got to get it done right now because Full Gear is coming right after we're done. It's going to start Are the pre-show starting at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. That's coming right up. If you want to watch that, it's going to be on BR Live or Fight TV if you're international for 50 bucks. Uh, we'll be there. We'll be there on Discord. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nick, I'm still salty. I botched my intro today, but hey, we're live, pal. Yeah. We can't wait. So that means we have to go over and talk about AEW. Um, Cody this week might have given mm. one of those promos that 10 to 15 years from now we're going to look back on and go that was one of those promos and it I, was certainly really good it was it was fantastic and the build between him and jericho over the last couple of months has been fantastic and i think this was a great way look there's going to be a theme to this show and it's going to be nick screaming that's how you do a go home show from now on when you do a go home show you do that yep <laughs> This was, uh, this was exactly the way they wanted to have their last showing. And then the, we had a special AEW Dark out of nowhere last night to, to yes. lead into to recap everything. Man, they, are, they, know, they, are, they know what they're doing over there. And I, that gives me a lot of hope. But yeah, let's break so far, down what so happened um, this week on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, because they had, I agree, they had a lot of good stuff on the show. A lot of good go-home stuff. A good final image. Uh, and... There, they definitely had some places where they stumbled, but if they hadn't stumbled, I, I, I think I would have been, <laughs> I, I would have been incredulous yeah. if they hadn't stumbled at least a little bit at this point. Uh, but that being said, you know, overall, yeah, did some great stuff. Like you said, Cody, uh, Cody came out and was being interviewed by Tony Schiavone in the ring about his upcoming match with Chris Jericho, and he started off comparing himself to uh, Cowboy Bill Watts, Eddie Graham, his own dad. Dusty Rhodes talking about himself being an executive and a wrestler at the same time and how to balance those two things. And uh, it was a very apt, I think, thing to call out the elephant in the room. People have been criticizing the fact that, well, it's his company. Yep. Why is he going for the belt? That's a very good point. You know, it's, it could be easy to say, you know, outside of kayfabe, oh, it's ego. Uh, inside of kayfabe, you could say, well, you're an executive, you know, you sh you're pulling all the strings. Uh, so it, it, it was good for him to talk about that in that sense. And then to take it one step beyond, 
and make it personal with Jericho. Show that the, the feud is beyond business. It is personal. It's more that he just doesn't like this guy, and they've, right. they've had words. Um, and in that sense, when he went after Jericho and the things that Jericho said about him, that's where he got really fired up. You know, he started saying, oh, you accuse me of having a silver spoon. You were raised by a famous hockey dad in Canada, Dick, yeah. uh, which is not a word you hear often, no. uh, which, was, which was nice to hear. Uh, but that's the, that's the, that was the point where the crowd really started getting fired up, where he was, you know, he started getting fired up. You could tell he put a lot of emotion into this promo. He had a nice build. He started it with some, fun, some, some foundations and then built it into the emotion. A great promo. Uh, felt organic. Felt like he had written it. But it was scripted, but he had written like, but here's the thing. Not all speeches need to sound totally off the cuff. Like if you're actually going to go out and say something in real life, you might actually write something for yourself, right? You might, you might have an idea of what you want to say. And that was the case here where it felt like he knew what he wanted to say. He knew his points that he wanted to get across, but how he got there was a little bit more organic and he said it in his own voice, Sure, which is one of the reasons why it was such a great promo from a technical standpoint um the the real i think the real point that that they wanted to pull here was and that was a thing that he said is yes i'm an executive yes i'm going for the title but if i lose here i will not challenge for the title again i'm guaranteeing i won't challenge for the title again and i think that that is i don't think any of us had any illusions i don't think a lot of people thought cody was going to win this match i think that really puts the nail in the coffin though because I don't think Cody should be challenging for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Neither I don't do think I. he should be in the title picture. If he wants to have a grudge feud because someone's messing with him, a la Sean Spears, fine. That's great. Um, and you can get some really good TV out of that and really good, uh, really good program out of that. But I don't think he should be challenging for the title. I think the only reason to do it now is because, interestingly enough, Cody has been the most interesting babyface character in AEW so far, would you agree? Like who else is who? I mean, you've got how many interesting guys over there, but the but the the guy who's connecting with the fans the most, the guy who's giving the best promos, who's having the best video packages made about him, best best feuds, it's been Cody. Think about like think about all the pay per views they've had so far. Who had the standout matches? The ones you remember, not the big stunt fests, but the ones the the stories, the the, the stuff that you remember those matches for you know the sure. feeling would we let me let me play devil's advocate though would we be as excited about aew as we have been throughout the year if the if cody and the young bucks and kenny who are all executives in aew right. had not been performers in the ring i don't think so no, of course, they're bringing their cachet-ass performers to this, and they have to walk that line. Yeah. And I think that that, that is definitely has been a dangerous thing for all three of those groups, for the Young Bucks, Kenny, and for Cody, and they're all going at it in different ways. The Young Bucks are putting over some of this younger tag division uh, and getting get, jump-starting the tag division on their own backs by losing to some of these guys. Um, you've got Kenny Omega, who's telling the story of you know, him being at the top of the world and then kind of losing his way. Yeah which I think is a great storyline and I think ultimately will pay off if they continue to go on this trajectory with it. But then you have Cody, who I think they've done the right thing with where they've looked at him and said, despite all odds and despite, I think, the perception of Cody coming in as being the outlier of that group, certainly the guy who's had the, less, the least world exposure and has 
I, I think the um, I'm trying to think how to put it, but he's definitely the 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 least highly regarded as an in ring worker. I'll put it that way. Which one? Who are you right? referring to? Cody. Oh, uh, I, okay. You know uh, what I mean? Of like the elite, was, yes. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. he was he was a he was a mid carter in WWE for better or for worse, and that's not necessarily his fault, but that's just hey, perception is reality. You know, no one no one saw him as a main eventer. Sure. And then when he went he went uh, out on his own, he was main event main eventing some smaller companies, but in the bigger companies, he was definitely lower on the mid card still. And he was uh, a curiosity. He never really had. He had some good matches, but no classics. Um, and I don't think that anyone looked at him and said he's one of the best in the world. But since he since they started working on AEW, he's been consistently putting together the best, most interesting programs. Whether it's against his brother, whether it's against Sean Spears, um, Nick Aldis, yeah, right. He's had the most interesting feuds. Kenny hasn't. Kenny's had some great one-off matches, but. That's about it. Uh, Young Bucks, same thing. One-off matches. But they're not story-driven. They're action-driven. Well, the AAA and title stuff with Lucha Brothers earlier this year was, was fun. Uh, the back and forth of it. it. It was, but, you know, what was the story beyond they're trading the title? Yeah, good point. Good so, point. as far as... I think, I think it's smart to have, whether it was intended or not, have Cody be the focal point uh, of your first major emotional storyline. And you can build into Kenny later. You've got guys. You have a ton of guys you can start making interesting stories about down the road. But I think the smart thing for AEW to do, and it seems like it's what they're doing, as opposed to the WWE model, where you have one or two top guys, and everything's about them always. Yeah. You have a number of top guys, and you do six to nine months, or maybe a year, with each guy. where You tell their story, and then you rotate, right? And there's lots of companies that have done that. Um, most recently, we always seem to bring it up, Lucha Underground like to rotate its top guys, keep things fresh, right? So, and I think it's a great thing to do when you have a roster this deep with, with top-level talent, guys who could main event, guys who feel like they could main event. Uh, I think it's very worthwhile to do that. And I think that this week, Cody proved that he should be the guy right now with this promo. Yeah, I think this was a great way to... Um put some stakes on it so to speak um do, do we do we picture cody if tony khan is the vince mcmahon of aew to, to draw lines between the two is cody looking more like a triple h character that sometimes wrestles but is also kind of calling the wearing a headset behind the, the curtain i mean you can draw lines between the two but i don't think that they're direct comparisons okay well i'm just you talking know, about like organizationally not really comparing the individuals I mean, maybe in the sense that Cody could act as that kind of authority figure. I just would prefer that he wouldn't because we've seen it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The smart thing for them to do is not to give us something we've seen before, and uh, you know you can draw on the past because there's always there's always in wrestling been authority figures uh, who come in and dictate how the show moves, but to do it in the way that Triple H did, to run the company in the way that Vince did, to uh, or as the characters on screen, don't do that note for note again no certainly you know so that's why i thought that that him drawing the lines between him and uh and bill watts and his dad and you know saying like i'm going to be that kind of executive was smart yeah very clever uh you know and i think that that also very apt it makes you excited for this the other thing that made me excited about it was at the very end he said you know down the road there's going to be a reckoning between the elite and the inner circle but that will be a match beyond 
Now, the great thing about that little wink-wink is that he doesn't own the name of the War Games match. Uh, uh, Vince does because he bought up WCW, which owned the name. Yeah. But his dad created that match. Dusty Rhodes created War Games. And the original tagline for it was a match beyond. So I could, he could technically be wink, wink, saying we might have a five-on-five big scuffle match, maybe war game style. Maybe he comes up with something a little different. We'll do little, three like, rings. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as they're not stacked on top of each other. We're oh, good. God. Oh, God. Right. Oh, man. Uh, Killer stuff by Cody this week. And to follow that up, Jericho had a video package. Uh, It was just shots of like him sitting fully dressed in a bathtub with his hat on, drinking a little bit of the bubbly and squirting it out of his mouth. And just, you know, basically just this isn't even a big deal for him. You know, at a dinner dinner, dinner table in a banquet hall and just kind of sitting there like staring off in the distance. And yeah. You know, Sammy Guevara coming up, like asking, like, which kind of champagne they should drink. And Chris Jericho's like, and the you know, sound fades out, and Jericho's just kind of sitting there quietly and gets up and kisses him on the forehead and then walks off. It's very, like, very thoughtful and serious and dramatic and also just wildly funny because, of course, he's parodying the Cody video from a few weeks ago. Right. That was the same thing. Yeah. Um, he's got, like, you know, his, his, ma- his aunt's best friend from church talking about how he's going to kick, uh, kick Cody's ass uh, at full gear. Yeah, no, this was this was cute. And very, very funny. Very, very funny, Nick. Oh, and, you I, know, we talk, I enjoyed the shit out of it. We talk about how rarely comedy and wrestling is, like, good, right? I, 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 I could do a whole show. We started off, the very first show we ever did was about comedy and wrestling. And, I, you know, we could do a whole other show about how awful most of the time it is, you know. And, and maybe because that's Vince, who has his own predilection for what humor is. You know, he's he's... His kind of humor is the the humor of humiliation for the most part. If right. you look at his humor throughout the years, it's about let's make someone look like an like an idiot, and ha ha, that's funny. Whereas you know the stuff that's more witty, whether it's uh, uh, fashion files or something like that, it falls through the cracks. Um, or this, you know, Jericho's always been a really funny guy. That was the thing that made me first love him back in WCW was he was funny. You know, he was he was a little arch. He was sarcastic. The only question I have here, Nick, is is this the right way to go home for a major feud is with a gag? I think so. I think it shows that really? Jericho is just kind of being a dick and is Does it not taking it seriously. Not taking it seriously. Um, I, I don't think Cody's going to win here. Um, I, I, don't, so sh- you know, I, I don't think Cody's going to win here, I guess is what I wanted to say, because of what he said in his own promo. And... But I think at the on the but he was taking it very seriously. He had he was tying history into it, oh, yeah. all of that, and he's taking it very seriously as an executive of the company. Jericho, on the other hand, I love the juxtaposition of it. Is just like it's you know what I I beat up all these guys in Japan. I, I don't I don't have to do I, Cody who I think that's what Jericho's yeah. thinking about it right now. Except then, if he beats Cody, it does really diminish Cody in that sense. So I think that. I, I don't know. I feel like they could have done this a week before. They should have done this a week before. I don't feel like it's I, – I, personally, I don't feel like it's appropriate now and on a serious note, which I guess technically they did with the ending of the That's show. That's what I was going to say. The, the video was fine because we got what we got at the end of the show, which we'll talk about in a little bit later with yeah. everybody, right? Everybody out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the self-aware – this video was that it was very self-aware where you had uh, Sammy Guevara saying that 
you know, Jericho was like his like a father figure to him, and also the youngest AEW champion ever at 48, 49 as of today. It's Jericho's birthday today. Happy birthday, <laughs> Chris. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday, Chris. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm still trying to lighten up, buddy. Um, yeah. But uh, that's the thing. It, so he's... It made, it made Sammy Guevara seem endearing. It made uh, Jake Hager seem endearing, where he was just standing, standing, sitting there staring at the camera going... <sighs> Right, like it, it's it was self-aware, it was self-mocking, self-satirical, and it was charming. Which is yeah. is that what you want your heel faction to be? It's charming. Uh, to an extent, yeah. I want there to be diehard fans that that live and die for the heel faction. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that made DX so awesome. Was right, that they were they were over with their own fan base or the NWO, were, or the NWO. Perfect example, right? People that loved Hulk Hogan. Or even the Shield. They had to just go along for the ride. The Shield when they know? were heels or, you know, you can go down the Four Horsemen. Sure. Whatever. So I think the Inner Circle establishing kind of their own niche fan base. Um, and you could kind of loosely put me in there. <laughs> I, I, I don't I'm, think I'm loosely. I don't think just loosely. Uh, you know? Yeah. I love Jericho. I love, we love Sammy. Uh, we love uh, Jake Hager. So uh, all this stuff, uh, I think it just it's about having individual fandoms within the – it's almost like meta in a sense, where you have the big AEW fandom, and then inside of it, you have pockets of fandom for all of the different characters and factions and things that are going on. That, that's what they're doing everything right, in my opinion. They're just they're kind of hitting it on all cylinders, and I just I can't wait to see what happens when these guys just really build a year or two's worth of storyline and history, mm. and we have five or six sets of champions and. We have all this stuff that we can build storyline off of. Right now, it's it seems a little awkward because we're used to having wrestling programs that have 10 to 20 years of legacy and history and experience. And AEW's been here a month. Well, so, and maybe that is helpful to them because, you know, one of the problems with WWE is having overexposure of the matches. You know, I've seen so-and-so versus eh. so-and-so so many times. I don't care. Or someone, some, someone's been made irrelevant, so I don't care if they come out and have a fight. Whereas now... You have stuff like we had on this show, like we had Trent versus Pac, which was out of left field. And we'll get into that in a second. But I just want to put a, put a capper on the main feuds and say that we had a match at the end of the show. It was Jericho and Sammy Guevara teaming up against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. It was, it was just a match. It was fine. But the big deal was at the end, as you said, Nick, it all broke down. And basically every major feud was part of a very long brawl, like five-plus-minute brawl to end the show um you had omega and moxley facing off you had uh proud and powerful facing off with the young bucks you had uh everyone was out for this like was it hager and uh omega or no it was hager, moxley and omega hager hager and was Pac. out there yeah all all, yeah, all Pac of was out there. there hangman so everyone's out there tussling uh forever you've got uh, you know it goes all the way from the, the ring to the stage and back uh nick jackson does a does a Swanton off the top of the entrance way onto a pile of people. Jericho gets hit and drags a cameraman down with him. Uh, but, you know, very entertaining brawl. Like, way better than the uh, NXT brawl to end last week's SmackDown. And that was a great show, too. Yeah. But this was like... And you had lots of little moments kind of coalesce to define all the different... Uh, all, the, all these different major feuds, which, of course, is what you want at the end. Right? Totally. I want to see those two guys fight. I want to see those two guys fight. So... Yeah, you, you basically it. just booked the next six to eight weeks of matches for Dynamite in that five-minute segment at the end of the show. Oh, I don't know about that. I think I don't know about six weeks of matches. I think that they just you know le- left everything simmering. 
you, you sure. lit a fire under all of these feuds so that at the last thing you saw was all these guys are kicking the crap out of each other. What are they going to do on Saturday? Right? That's how you end. That's how you end a go home show. That's I'm that's sorry. How you do a go home show. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So okay. So that was that was a great way to end the show. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about Trent and Pac because I do want to okay. talk about this. It opened the show, and they gave them a while. Uh, AEW seems to be giving them about. 10 to 15 minutes on their matches as opposed to WWE, which is like six to eight minutes, um, which is interesting. And I wonder how long that's going to hold up because if everything is 14 minutes, I know they want to give them more to work with, but uh, it also, I think some of these shouldn't be that long. It should be no. a little bit more of a variance, I think. I don't know. But this one I liked being this length. And I also like the fact that they're splitting Trent off of a tag team and letting him go out and work because this is a guy, I think, who's really underrated for a lot of people. You know, he was Nick. Do you remember when he was getting his singles push in New Japan? I do. And Gato was really high on him. Gato was ready to push him. Like Gato was like, "You're going heavyweight. We're going to take you places." Um, and then it just never went anywhere. So I like this, and I like the fact that the way that this match was kind of structured was Pac basically looked like he was just better than Trent all around. Until Orange Cassidy distracted Pac a little bit, got his ass kicked in the in the process. But then Trent had a bit of a comeback and hung with Pac for a little bit before Pac finally shut him down. It's too bad the ref botched the finish because this was a really nice match. But do you think do you think that they should be doing this where they have tag teams split off and you can use that, some of them as singles wrestlers against your top guys? I prefer that over two singles guys coming together to form a. Tag team, like I've, my normal hang-up, right? I you hate know? to break it to you. The best friends are two singles wrestlers. That I, I, under, I understand, but they, ha they have a name. They have the best friends, and they have a single theme song. That's the treatment, right? That's the proper way to do it, rather than trying to merge two different songs together and just right. announce them. Chucky T, Trent Beretta, the best friends. They, they do that. You know, it, it, fine. So when, when was Howard Finkel part of AEW? I don't, I'm trying to do – what's his name? Justin, not Justin Roberts. But, uh I can't remember his name. That was Hard Finkel. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. So anyway, he, get well, get anyway. well soon, Fink. Get well soon. Yeah. But yeah, no, instead of like cross-fading the, uh, the, their two theme songs back and forth really awkwardly. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I loved this. I love this idea. You have a lot of tag teams here that you could split guys off of. You know, and Helico and Jack Evans can work solo. Yeah. Uh, these two guys can work solo. The, for, for God's sake, the Lucha Brothers can work solo. So... The fact that they're, this is part of their booking strategy is great. And in, particular, in this particular case, Trent, I think, does have a future as a singles wrestler. I think he's fantastic. Way underrated. Yep. So uh, I definitely liked this a lot. Um, it, I just hope that no one remembers that he kicked out of the Black Arrow, apparently, according to the ref. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Oops. I, I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, no, it was very much a botch. Yeah. Very much a ref botch. <laughs> Luckily, luckily, Pac's a pro and went right into the rings of Saturn and put him down. Or the Brutalizer, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's so, not the rings of Saturn anymore, Ian. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, we also had Private Party and Dark Order facing off for who would get the bronze medal in the, uh, the tag team tournament, whatever that means. Okay. Um, it does mean that they get uh, a triple threat shot at the new title at the, the show, which is really odd. Didn't we just have a tournament? to determine who it was going to be, and now the finalists all get another shot at the title? I guess it's because there can only be one first, but there's double there's like a double tap 
to make sure that they got the right people to be the champs. Okay. Okay, Fabe. I, just I don't know. just okay. go with it. Fine. It's, it's, they have fantastic tag teams, and they're, they're, the tag team wrestling in AEW has been fantastic so far. I have zero negative things to say about the tag division in AEW, period. I have one question because I, I like the fact that Private Party won. We're going to get Private Party versus SCU versus Lucha Brothers on, on a couple hours. So that's delicious. I love that. Mm. But what's up with Dark Order? They came in looking extremely dominant. Yeah. We talked about this last week after the, the end of the tournament. Like they came in, they won, they got the bye going into the tournament. They, they were well, kind of a yeah. shoe in to at least be in the finals or they're, if not they're, the semifinals. When they debuted, they wrecked everybody. Yeah. And now and now and they got new outfits, which is good because we look, they looked really, really cheesy before. Now it looks a little bit better. Um why wouldn't they just be dominating? It's it's weird. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Evil Uno is is fun, but he doesn't look as dominant as he did when he first came out. I don't think it doesn't feel like they have as many of the goons, uh, whatever they call well, yeah. the, the the dark ones or whatever they are. I'd love to see those hooded guys all the way around the entire ring, almost Minions. like a, a a pit of souls or something as they go around the the whole ring and while they're wrestling, just amp that whole dark order thing up. Just turn the dial up a little bit. Because it, it it's a really cool gimmick. I love what they run in and Evil Uno just sits on one of their backs and it, yeah, he, the, like all that stuff is that's, fantastic. There's a lot, there's a lot to like about it, and it's yeah. definitely one of the stranger gimmicks in AEW, possibly supernatural. But they have uh, to win. They have to like. They have to be dominant. Yeah, otherwise, exactly. it, 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 <laughs> it's all for naught. <laughs> who cares? Right. Right. So I'm looking forward to see if they figure out what's going on with the Dark Order. Uh, I don't know. I or if there's backstage something happened. I don't know. But it's definitely very strange that Dark Order so quickly was pushed down the ranks of the of the division. But I have no idea. We're gonna get a, we're getting a good match today, so I'm not I'm not too mad. Uh, we also are having uh, Emi Sakura facing off against Riho today, and we had a tag match: Emi Sakura and Jamie Hader versus Rico and Shana, uh, Riho and Shauna on this show. Um, very quick build to Emi and, and Riho for their match today. This is one of the things I wanted to criticize was. Uh, there could have been a lot more done, you know. In in a division, their women's division, which I already think is a little bit lackluster, and they need to do more work on. This was another step in the wrong direction, where you've got two women in in Emmy and Riho who have a huge amount of history. Yeah, they have they've had hunt they have had between the two of them together like against each other, they've had literally hundreds of matches together in in, in their careers. They've had multiple championship matches. They're three and three in championship matches across all promotions. Mm. Um, so they're yeah. Th- this is a long and storied, if not rivalry, then history between them. Yeah. And yet we had virtually zero build. We had no storyline for that on this show. It was barely mentioned, and they couldn't even put together a video package of that. Possibly because of you know rights from other promotions, but why not talk about it? Last I want to say here about what's going on in the women's division. Um, I think I said last week, last Saturday on our show, on our Saturday show, that it felt a little bit like they were scrambling to fill the ranks of the women's division in AEW. Initially, if you remember from this summer, we had all of those video packages and promos of Brandy going around and signing Britt Baker and Allie and all this other talent and everything. And we got to it, and it, Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong came out, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. it's getting good, and it kind of just petered out a little bit. Bia Priestley yeah. ends up giving Britt Baker a concussion. Um, I think Britt Baker was the chosen one from the beginning, so to speak, if, if I had to take a guess. But her, oh, getting, her, yeah. her getting injured uh, 
put things aside. She had a money video package this week on B Priestley, by the way. Yes, she did. Um, but I see things that are going on, like on AEW Dark. We've got Shaza McKenzie coming in. We've got this new uh, girl, Shauna, that came in this week. We're seeing um, uh, these other. We're seeing a lot of matches and a lot of new talent. Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader. Jamie sure. Hader. Thank you. That's the other one. It feels like it's almost like tryouts. Like we're having we're we're having a lot of this. Let's see who can do the work and who can get themselves over. But this uh, is the problem: the is division. that you've but well, you've got the cream of the crop at the top of the women's division who can work, and then it very quickly drops down into sub performance center ability. Sure. And you know it's a it's a very thin division, I think, still. And they've they've definitely got to put in some work on that, and they've got to build some people. Riho's over, but I don't believe that she's a believable champ. I don't. E- I, I, you know, I don't. I, I agree with that. I, you know, I identify I, with that. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's a, there was a lot of places for her to be in the women's division. Her is the champ. I still don't understand. I think it's because of Kenny Omega's personal history with her, and I think that that blinded him to the reality of what it looks like for her to be beating these bigger people. Um, they've tried to do their best to make it feel at least somewhat realistic, I guess. Big, big air quotes on that. Yeah. But at the same time, there's lots of other women who they they could and should build to that position um and i don't know if you know having these matches that they didn't do a good build for uh where there is history but none of us know it so you have to tell us you know what i mean even the hardcore fans don't not a lot of them don't know the history between riho and emi sakura so you've got to kind of you got to hold our hands a little bit on that otherwise we're like all right why should we care about this match because we should care. Emmy Sakura is a fantastic worker. Rio's a fantastic worker. They're probably going to put on a fantastic match. But we don't care because there's no story building it up. And there has to be – there is. You can make a story super easy. It's right there. But they have to do it, and they didn't do it. Yeah. And that's the problem. No, they, they could go get all the footage and, the, and build a storyline around you know, just how they've had all those legendary matches. and all. It'd be, it'd be trivial to do a lot of that stuff. The other thing I want to throw in here real quick, though, is – Look, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, you've got what's going on with Brandy and Awesome Kong. There's a lot of stuff at the top of the women's division that's really good. Where's Nyla Rose been? Yeah. Uh, pretty much other than on, on Dark this week in that match with uh, Liva Bates and Shalandra Royal and Shaza McKenzie. Shaza McKenzie is one to watch out for, though. I've had my eye on her through Rise and Stardom and other stuff that she's been doing um, around the world. She looked fantastic on Dark. Keep an eye out for Shaza McKenzie uh, and follow her. <laughs> she's, she's awesome. Next um, call. Next yeah. call. But the Tony's the, Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Not quite. But she's really good. <laughs> um, Love you some Aussies. Love you the Aussies. Uh, uh, sure. I think that uh, what's going on in the AEW women's division is developing. I think there's a lot of stuff at the top. There's not a lot in the middle. There's a lot of stuff at the top, a lot of stuff at the bottom. There's not yeah, a lot that a lot can of like, cream carry the workload. The yeah. Yeah. The cream of the crop. Uh, moving on over to Sean Spears and Brandon Cutler. They had a very quick match con- in contrast to every other match on the show. Um, Sean Spears put down Brandon pretty quick. But then he got sh- chased off by Dowie Danella, who's still uh, – uh, he's, he's working on getting his tongue back into shape after Sean almost pulled it out of his face on Dark last week. Oh. So we're going to get Sean Spears and Joey Janella at, uh, on the show today as well, which should be a fun little match, and I'm looking forward to that. I like the fact that they're keeping – Sean Spears relevant. Yeah, like yes. you were just saying, so and so disappeared. So and so disappeared. Sean Spears didn't disappear. He's still coming out, kicking the crap out of people. With and he's got look at the great entrance, right? Got Tully Blanchard there. They're keeping him relevant. 
keeping him simmering over on the side of the stove. Yes. So that's good. That was mm. that was good stuff. Uh, that was AEW, their go-home show. As you said, they did have AEW Dark, Big Swole versus Hikaru Shida, uh, Nyla Rose and Leva Bates versus Shalandra Royale and Shaza McKenzie, and SCU and Shima versus the Hybrid 2 and Kip Sabian. And as you said, they did it yesterday because they had to go home. They didn't have, you know, they had to have all of that material out plus all of the promos before the show today. So it was almost like an it was almost like an NXT go home show in a way. Normally, what we used to get at least, where it was a lot of video package and refreshing of the storylines, and here's how we got here, and here's what we got to look forward to at the full gear. That's what the that's what the dark episode last night felt like. Yeah. So, but it was but it was very entertaining as they all have been. Uh, Nick, let's let's run down our uh, full gear pickems. How about yes. that? Let's let's let's, uh, let's let's put in our our picks for who's winning today. With very so little be- time left for people to hear these, but at least we're getting them on yeah. the record uh, a few hours that's before the, whole, that's the show. That's the point. That's Thanks, the point. We're thank you for those in. of you watching here live, so that we can uh, get these locked in. So, uh, kicking things off, Sean, as we were just talking about, Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Uh, how uh, do you see this playing out, Surrey and Dangerous? I cannot imagine they're going to have Spears' job to Janela. No, I think that I think that part of Janela's charm is that he just doesn't win matches, and they might have him be a guy who's like a, a higher level guy who just doesn't win. You know what I mean? He's very capable. He doesn't win matches, but at the same time, he's a dirt bag, so you don't really care, right? He's like that's yeah. a, that's his gimmick is he's just kind of like a scumbag, a uh, lovable scumbag. So yeah, I think Spears is picking this one up pretty decisively. Yep, uh, totally. I agree with that completely. Keep Sean Spears relevant. Keep him, you know, that opening thing with him coming out and giving Cody the chair shot, strapped rockets to his back, and then Tully Blanchard came in behind him. Holy smokes, please keep him relevant. Don't let all that work you did on him throughout the year die. Exactly. Otherwise, it's completely pointless. Uh, Next up, Britt Baker versus Bea Priestley. I believe this is on the buy-in. Is the Spears-Janela match on the buy-in? I do not know. Okay. I don't have that in front of me right they now. They did say Dr. Britt Baker and Bea Priestley is going to be on the buy-in. Uh, yes, on, Baker on and Priestley is on the, definitely on the, is on the uh, pre-show. Which, yeah. uh, by the way, um, this has been mentioned before, where they put like one of their women's matches on the pre-show, or the only match on the pre-show is a women's match, and it's not good. You know what I mean? Like You want to put a pretty good match, even if it's... Yeah. Like WWE does, right? Where even if it's, ah, I don't really care about these two guys. From a technical standpoint, it's a good match. It's not going to be like you know, right. A schlub match. It's a cruiserweight so, match, or somebody that's going to just be flippy shit, high flying all yeah, over the place and get pop the, the audience crowd. hyped yeah. or whatever, right? Britt Baker and B Priestley has runs the risk. It 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 is, it has the possibility of being a stinker. Yeah. So this is dangerous, I think. Especially for, if B kicks her in the head, back of the head again. Or you know drops her like uh, who was no it wasn't Momo Watabe who she drop on her head over in Stardom this oh, like last God, week I saw that and I couldn't watch it a Jesus second time Jesus Christ uh, come on be a yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so who do you who do you have here man Britt Baker I've got Britt be a Jax oh don't oh that's so mean uh, Nia Priestley that's just, Nia that's just, Priestley be a Jax nah, that's right. just mean yeah I know. Uh, I've got Brit here. I yeah, think Brit they have to. Easy. They have to. They've got a. Uh, Bo be away. fine. Continue that reputation of her just being. But I know, could see, a dirty worker. All that stuff. That's fine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I could see Bia pulling off the win here if it was dirty, and then that gives them a little fuel for the fire going forward. It's also in the pre-show, so you don't have to have Brit win here. 
I think they should have Britt win because it's a pre-show match and you want to get the audience hyped, so have the babyface win to get the audience happy. Yes. Uh, but they could be bold and try and go and, and have Bia go over and set up something down the road. Yeah. But I think it's going to be Britt. Lucha I would Brothers- also not be surprised if we saw a Brandy Awesome Kong interference of some sort here as well. I want to put that little asterisk in here because they've been building that for two or three weeks now. And I, th- I think, think we should see something manifest out of it, whether it's either in this one or the Riho and Emi Sakura match later in the show there you to be determined. Yeah, I th- I, I agree completely with you that they, that at some point they they should have that payoff. Uh, if Brandy is you know giving promos like she was on the show this week and saying, "Well, you all uh, you know dissed me and overlooked me, I'm going to come at you with my awesome Kong and destroy you." Do it here. Well, otherwise, why have all of this stuff? Why make it right. make her seem so fired up? So I agree. Either this match or later on, there could be some interference. Lucha Brothers versus Private Party versus SCU for the tag titles. Uh, this is going to be a baller match. Uh, well, who do you have here? Who cares? It's just, <laughs> it's, just it's going to be fun. Just sit back, eat some popcorn, and enjoy the spectacle that is going to be this match. Um, I think I think SCU is going to retain. Uh, I don't think they're going to swap the titles a week after they they crown the first ever AEW Tag Champions. SCU's retaining here. It's going to be a lights out baller match, and it. it you know, I'm looking down the card. I'm going, Cody, Cody Jericho, Mox Omega. May, this could steal the show. You put yeah. Lucha Brothers and some other another flippy team in the ring together, and they're just going to do crazy shit. And but but SCU is going to retain here. They're not going to swap the titles around a weekend. Yeah, so I agree completely. I can't see them taking it off of SCU this quickly. Um, I mean, I could. They they could theoretically give it to the Lucha Brothers here. I don't see Private Party picking it up. But no. yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's gonna be SCU retaining. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Next up, we've got um, uh, proud, proud LAX. It's LAX <laughs> versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> um, again, another awesome match. We've seen these guys fight before. It's, oh my god, it's awesome. Just again, sit back and enjoy the spectacle of this match. Who cares who wins? Uh, personally, I think the Bucks need to to take this one. Uh, I mean, excuse me. LAX needs to win. The Bucks need to, I don't want to say lay down for them, but we need to continue to build inner circle and make them look like a dominant team that can beat, i.e. the best tag team in the world in the Young Bucks, as they call themselves. And here you have um, LAX taking taking them down. And it could have some implications later for the Cody and Jericho match as well. So there's a lot of things in this match that I think are... Uh, shallow undertones that I really like that affect other things as well. I, I think Proud and Powerful come out of this one uh, on top. I, I actually have to agree. I think the Bucks need to continue to put over people in the division uh, at this point to make them relevant. Um, now, whether they do that by protecting themselves by having there be inner circle interference yeah. uh, or not is irrelevant. I think Proud and Powerful need to come across looking proud and powerful in this match. Uh yeah, so I, I, I'm sorry if you guys are going to own a company, you got to put over some new talent. So, yeah, I think I think that's this, this should be the beginning of an ongoing feud. Start it with the heels uh, winning and looking dominant. In their defense, the Bucks have been doing exactly that, and so kudos far. to them for doing it. Yeah, yeah, don't stop. Yeah, uh, Riho versus Emi Sakura for the women's championship. Who do you have here, sir? 
again, I don't think they should ch- to toss the titles around like this, but it goes to say it could be a course correction from the lackluster response of making Riho your first ever AEW women's champion. But so she's the most is, over woman right now. She is the most over woman. Is she, though? Yeah. She gets I, the biggest crowd responses. I don't know. I'm thinking Britt she Baker. She does. You know, I... I think Britt Baker and Nyla Rose get some of the biggest responses. I think the reason Riho got the response she did was because she beat the the monster Nyla Rose. So okay. It, it doesn't matter David how she got it. I understand. I understand. But she was able to take down Nyla Rose. So I want to temper things here. I don't know if Emi Sakura is the right one to put it on either. I think they're going to have a fantastic match. The okay. chemistry between those two is going to be phenomenal. But I, I don't think that taking it off of Riho right now is the right thing to do. The only thing I can think of is that they need, in order to get it on Brit, they need to get it on a heel so she can take it off. Oh, of. God. We're going to hashtag Nick booking. Yeah, here we go, right? So. Colin matches based on what you think their booking is going to be six That's months right. down the road. We got another oh example of how God. I was right this week. So we'll keep going. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, next. Just we also have tight. an example of how I was right and you were wrong. Okay, so we'll get great. to that as well. Yeah, you got one thing. Uh, uh, I got a pretty damn big thing. I got a pretty damn big thing, sir. Uh, Unfortunately, you did. Unfortunately, you did. did. Uh, Yeah, so I'm picking picking Riho as well. So two Rihos here. We haven't disagreed yet. Pac versus Hangman Page. Mm. Might disagree on this one. Oh, yeah? Because I'm taking Pac all day. Yeah. Um, I'm inclined to pick Hangman Page here. Because there's a lot... We, We need one person from the elite slash good guys to win. And I can't, I think Jericho's going to win. <laughs> I think a lot of, we're going to have a lot of the, the, the bad side quote unquote winning tonight. I'm thinking hangman page pulls out a win here. Cause Pac looks strong regardless. The only thing that's in, in my head going, ah, is that page will be fine with the loss. I don't know if Pac would be exactly. Oh, Pac. Yeah. Pac's going to win. Ah, Pac's going to win. Uh, and here we right. go. The final two. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Now, here's the question. Which one of these goes last? Does Cody and Jericho go last or does Moxley Cody and Omega go easily going last? Easily. Here's, here's why I say that's not the case. Oh, you think because it's dark. It's unsanctioned. Exactly. So it has to be last, right? They have to cut the lights out and all that shit. And say it's after the show. It's unsanctioned. The theatrics, right? right? Yeah, the theatrics of it. Oh, God. Okay. Um. At least that's what I would do if I were booking it. <laughs> uh, you, might, you might be right, but let's let's just call let's, the the matches. Right, Moxley uh, Omega. Uh, I'm gonna say, much like Page and Pac, you've got to keep Moxley strong. Omega's already telling the story of being on a downswing. He can afford the loss. It's also going to be an unsanctioned match, which is Moxley territory. Uh, it's not what Omega's known for. So he's protected in multiple ways in storyline sense. I don't know. Even Did you see that he, Janela match? <laughs> even if he, you know what I mean. But he's he's that that even that they were saying he's very versatile. He can even do this. Yeah. But it's also they can easily say like yes he can. But this is Moxley's world. Yeah, Omega is right? the spotlight, the main event. The you know he's the big attraction kind. Of, this is Moxley's world, not Omega's. Right. So I he's think the Moxley, technical. I can go out yeah. there with the best wrestler in the world and go toe to toe and beat him. Whereas Moxley is just he's he's the brute. So that's why I'm saying like Omega can be protected in terms of storyline. You can you can tell a story that protects him in multiple ways. 
Moxley, if he straight up loses to Omega here, really damages him. T totally. And if you think back on what's gone on in the last couple of weeks, he's gone in and yelled at Tony Khan where they were making it unsanctioned. He attacked Omega and gave him that brain buster through the um, the glass table backstage during the big kerfuffle. Yes. All of this stuff that has happened has built up to making Mox a bigger-than-life kind of shitty sure. heel, right? And as we were and saying at the now top, you're going to put him yeah. in a match that favors all of this stuff that he's doing. And if you don't have him win after all of that stuff, what the hell was the point? So yeah. absolutely it has to be Moxley winning this match. Might as well stick a meat in his ass and have him come right. out in an ugly bomber jacket. Right. But that's the thing, is that uh, and a gas mask. Uh, they can they can absolutely rehab Omega after this. It's part of the story they're telling. Yeah. Right? But you've got one chance to really get Moxley over and define what he is for the company. You've got tons of time to define Omega. Totally. So, yeah. Definitely Mox here. Yeah. Uh, and finally, are we going to go the entire show and not disagree once? Ma uh, Cody versus Jericho. Possibly. Um, I mean, Jericho. I don't, I don't think, think Cody's I don't, winning here. No, not at all. I don't think there's a chance in hell Cody picks it up here, and he shouldn't. No, I'm gonna actually go. I'm actually gonna go so far as to say he should not pick wow. it up. Here. Jericho should stay your champ. Um, Let's talk Coach about that for, for for sixty seconds. What what does it the world look like if Cody does win here? What does that do, does it, it? I don't think it damages Jericho, but how does it? What how does it affect all of the things that he said during his speech and all of the things we speculated about earlier about AEW in general? If Cody does win the AEW championship here. I don't know, but I know that I'll definitely be um, trying to get some more heat on Jericho if he loses here on Twitter. Uh, but no, I think the thing is is that Cody is a, in a better role as the executive. As we were saying earlier, he's in a better role uh, having other stories that don't need the belt. Jericho is 110% money with that belt. He is printing money for your company as your champion. Les champions. Hard, hard stop. The man is a walking catchphrase. Yep. Um, he's got one of the best wrestling minds currently working in the business, whether it's promo work, whether it's character work, whether it's in-ring work, whatever. Whether here or Japan or anywhere, you know? Or anywhere. If, having him at the top of your company, especially as a new company, is right where you want him to be. He's recognizable for people who have been lapsed fans for 20 years. Uh, you know, he's uh, charismatic enough to get over with new fans. He's doing work, especially with Inner Circle, where he's got now a faction that, as we said earlier, is getting over despite being heels. Um, and, and that's going to be fine because you can have a charismatic heel faction. Yep. So not having him have the belt, I think, really undercuts all of that. Having Cody have the belt and not Jericho makes absolutely no sense. None at all. What's, whatsoever. You, I don't see any world in which you'd take it off of Jericho here. No, me either. Me either. It, it would be it would be absolute insanity to do it. Well, guys, just a quick reminder: uh, we will be doing a watch party for the buy-in in our Facebook group. Make sure you're in there, uh, and we will uh, be watching or chatting live in our Discord during full gear here in a couple hours when things kick off. So make sure you're in both of all of our groups uh, to get things going. But that's AEW. But that's not the. We've got a lot of show left. Let's head over and talk about what went down on NXT. Well, Nick, I'm pretty sure I could hear your aneurysm ha happening from about uh, 500,000 miles away. The OC invaded NXT this week. And say what you will 
about how lackluster this whole idea of an invasion angle is. It always kind of sucks every year because they, it's just arbitrary. Uh, we're invading because we're so we're so proud of our brand. We're doing it for our brand. Uh, and I loved how flippant age and the OC was like. So. <clears throat> This is NXT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of them, none of them, none of them went through NXT. Right. Uh, but that was the that was the great thing about it was it didn't matter what that stupid invasion plot was. At the end of the day, AJ Styles and the Good Brothers were at full sale, and they got a match. Oh. They, they or, uh, uh, not only did they beat up they beat up the Undisputed Era on their way in, laid them out in an alleyway outside. Uh, but then they came into the ring and as they're standing in the ring, they get challenged by Matt Riddle, Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa, Ciampa first. And, uh, he comes out and says, you're in, you're in my, basically you're in my town. And they said, what are you going to do? It's three on one. He said, he kind of stood there for a second. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle came out and, uh, stood behind him. Well, looks like we got a match boys. And it was made official. We had a three-on-three match. Mm. Uh, the OC, uh, the OC versus Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Tommaso Ciampa. And Nick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step back here because uh, this match tickled all of my tendons. What, what did you think about this little piece of work? The, the, the match itself was totally fantastic. It was, it was just awesome. You know, that's not what I want to talk about, though. Uh, <laughs> I, Okay. Well, there's we part of me at the first. opening of NXT when the OC was standing in the ring after we saw the video of them beating up Undisputed Era uh, before the show outside. There was part of me that expected to see who we ultimately saw come out, come out at the beginning of the show when they were standing in the ring. Right. And I think that would have been a bigger moment, but I think it worked better having it at the end because it told a lot of things, right? Right. In case you lived under a rock this week and did not see the end of NXT, patrons, I'm I'm looking directly at you guys. You guys know what yeah. happened in Nick's fantasy booking this year. And while there was not a lot of details that I I put u- uber amounts of detail into mind, like the Joker face pain and the dubstep music and all that stuff, right? <laughs> One of the things that I called. One of the things that I called that it would be uh, we would have a return of the Prince Devitt character and joining the phenomenal ones, as I called them. Now we know them as the OC. And this week, uh, at the end of the match, we had Finn Balor come out in the middle of the main event at NXT. Straight and, shooter. Real rock and roller. And basically, he ba- beat up who, who he did. Was it Matt Riddle that he uh, that he beat up outside the ring? I don't even remember. All I remember is that shot of him and AJ you were, you staring were, you at were each other. You were too high. Your I was on was my feet. Just, just this was my face. If you're watching on YouTube, just. <laughs> he, he, he spiked DDT. He gave him like a elevated DDT. Matt Riddle on the and ramp. just stands up outside the ring, stares at AJ Styles in the middle of the ring. AJ throws up the double two sweet. And Finn Balor looks at him and points the rock and roll of pistols at him. And I went, oh, <laughs> it's happening. I could hear Nick screaming like a little girl during this segment. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Yeah, I, that was a great moment. I, I think it was just a little fan service tease. If it was more than that, if it becomes more than that, I will be definitely tickled pink. And I think that if, if that doesn't tickle you just a little bit, 
you're dead inside. That's or you that's just don't know stuff. your New Japan Bullet Club history. Are you, that's right, fine. Right. Go wa- go watch. Uh, Even if um, you yeah. don't, those two guys. Like I mean, you know, the match they had in in WWE was great, but uh, but yeah, the history alone is is beautiful. Um, that being said, I want to talk about that match too because that was you've got the OC in the house, and all of a sudden now we see what those three guys can do as a unit. And granted, a lot of it was. You know, working a, a working a hot tag mm. was the centerpiece of this match. Was this that man? That was one of the most molten hot tags. Yeah, that Matt Riddle I hot can tag was seeing. absurd. They they worked over Champa for a while, and when Matt Riddle finally came in and went on an absolute warpath on all three members of the OC for like three minutes, like cardio, like protons and knees everywhere. Uh, then the place is, was in, was insane. They worked that hot tag up to a fever pitch. My God, that was entertaining. Um, and the other spot of the match that I fell off my couch for was when Keith Lee pounced AJ Styles into Drake Wirtz, and Wirtz took a ref bump greater than any ref bump I've seen in years. It was like he got shot. It was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. You would too uh, if a 400 pound man <laughs> threw a 200 pound man into you. Into you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a train wreck. Oh, it was beautiful. It was. It was so wildly entertaining. This match. What a great main event. Yeah. Um, shots fired. AEW. Shots fired. They definitely. Well, now what's crazy is why. I mean, I understand storyline wise why they didn't, but why not advertise? If you're in a Wednesday night war, if you're trying to win that ratings war, why not advertise someone big is coming? Oh, she's coming. They, they, they kind of did where they said, oh, the invasion might come to NXT. But, dude, I guarantee right now, and we'll get into this at the end of the show we talk ratings, it was real close this week. Like, it was virtually a tie, Yeah, the ratings. And, and I if think they, that's the way it's going to be. I, I think there's gonna once the dust settles of uh, the the madness of the nuclear explosion of wrestling from October, I think once that dust settles, especially going into the holidays, especially now that the World Series is over, we're back into our rhythm of it's football season. We've got football Sundays and Thursdays, but Wednesdays are wide open. Yeah. So once that wide settles, open. it's gonna. We'll talk about all the rating stuff later, but yeah, but I, I think it's it's fine. It, but at least have something maybe even like a clip on youtube or something where age in the oc you're like you come into our house we're coming to your house have them say it at the end of raw like a quick promo package you don't even have to announce it just have it be out there oh shit i think the oc is coming to nxt and they would have won this week i genuinely believe that yeah had Dude, usa and fox been running that spot uh monday and tuesday nights or whatever maybe monday night football or something like that yeah yeah Hell yeah. OC might be coming to NXT. Forget it. People are totally going to go check that out. And they should have because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, They had a a great show. My favorite thing that happened this week because reasons. Uh, I can't imagine why. Can't Can't imagine why. It was a good show besides that, too. We had the rematch, Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest. Uh, In this particular instance, Pete Dunne got his payment back and low-blowed Damian Priest and won the match. Uh, so now they're one for one with the low blow matches. We know they both will go down, down low, down dirty, down lower than Damian Priest's voice. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to that few continuing, except that after the match, Killian Dane came out and got involved again. 
and uh, beat them both up. Damien Priest tried to beat him. It was just, it was madness. Are we going for a triple threat here? What's the what's the idea with Dane? Because that's uh, a very odd three people. I'm not I, mad I don't at know. It, he, he's not the. This is not the only people that that Killing Dane's been messing with either. He was messing with Matt Riddle there for a while, and you know, it's I, Tyler Bate. Tyler yeah. Bate. Yeah. So weird. I'm kind of okay with Killian Dane just being this rogue figure that just keeps interrupting <laughs> and just like don't put him in matches. This this is kind of what you know to to draw. This is kind of what the fiend should have been. Just be just show up, beat the hell out of people, screw shit up, and then disappear. Yeah. So I like I like having a figure like this in wrestling that is just does whatever the hell he wants, and it throws back to his sanity roots with just chaos, chaos and they just right? right and just throwing all of that. It, they would just show up. So I, I like Dane doing this stuff. Where, where does it lead? Don't know. Don't care right now. Just keep okay, doing yeah. what he's doing. And I'm, I'm loving Pete Dunne and uh, Damian Priest fighting and, and coming to draws and going dirty on each other. At, I, yeah, I think I even sent you a text that said, I love Pete Dunne <laughs> 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 it, during that match. So, so, say, yeah. we, so say we all. Yes. Uh, I, I don't feel the same way about Tainara, no longer Tainara Conti, because I think they just got, they're like, we, no one wants to pronounce that T. Is it Conti or Conchi or? Conti. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a Brazilian pronunciation for Conti. Right. The Portuguese uh, pronunciation. Yeah, right, which I can't even pull off right. Um, so they changed it to Tainara. Right. Before, Vince, before Vince could do it for her, there's like, we'll just do it. Uh, she came out and had a match with Santana Garrett. Hello. Some, hello, Santana Garrett. How are Welcome you? Welcome to NXT. Yes. Um, it was funny because this was a tale of two matches, like two matches within one match. Okay. Where like in some parts of this match, it looked great. And Tenara was throwing Santana around and doing all these great like judo holds and transitions that looked fantastic on the mat. And then for some reason at one point, like it was like they both just forgot where they were and went to slow motion. And it was it was ugly as hell. <laughs> like It just became a totally different match. It was like, oh, right. They are still learning yeah. uh, how to wrestle. Or at least that's why they call like this Tenara the Performance is. Center, right? It's, yeah. There's a reason that that exists so that they I, can teach them a lot of this stuff. I feel like Tainara's been on that cusp for a while. She has learned. She has improved. I can say that from having seen her, like, when she started, she has improved. She's no longer doing the stupid tongue thing. Her facials are getting better. She's looking more crisp in the ring. Um, but obviously, there's still some holes in her game, obviously. Hopefully, they don't see her and call her up too soon, Yeah. Uh, a la Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans. But... Uh, but yeah, no, it it was it's interesting. I, and welcome to NXT Santana Garrett. So yeah, absolutely welcome Santana. And I I agree. I think Tenara is getting a lot better. She's you know she's doing a lot out there on social to build her presence and her profile and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think she's she's got a lot of potential. What is she uh, doing on social that's building her presence besides a bunch of booty shots? No comment. Is that, or is that, is that <laughs> that's working for you? She's she's building my presence. No, I think anybody. Look, the reason a lot of these women are over is because they're constantly posting things, and not just the women, the men too. The reason a lot of w social media has become a prerequisite: constant posting, constant interaction with the fans, constant extensions of kayfabe and storyline and challenges and everything onto social media. It's been that way for years now, right? Yes. So the, when I see someone begin to continue to post and do all of these kinds of things on social media, I see the building of a presence. And if that transcends into her being having more time on TV in the ring, so be it. I don't care whether it's booty shots or whether it's Becky Lynch calling somebody out. It's constantly posting stuff and being visible and present uh, within those the hashtags and the communities and the, the, the archetypes of social media. So it's if she's building that presence out there, then fine. But I'm seeing That's a, a lot. I'm seeing very, Tenara... 
I'm seeing Tanara yes. Conti's name out there a lot more than I was six to eight months ago, and now I'm seeing, starting to see her on TV regularly. So, right. So very, very eloquent, fancy way of saying she's got dumps like a truck, and she's putting it out there, and yeah. people are seeing it, and she's growing her media presence. Yes. Uh, also, speaking of the women's division, we had some big, wor- big news awor- afoot with the women's, the first ever, first ever women's war games match. We're trying to, to figure out who's going to be on the teams. We got three on one side, three on the other side. Both teams looking to fill out that final member. Both teams looking for people who will who will uh, be in that slot. The, the Conti and Santana Garrett match was billed as auditioning for the final slots in the, uh, in the women's teams. We also had Dakota Kai saying she wanted to prove herself to join Rhea Ripley's team. Uh, she was going to go out and face her old nemesis, Shayna Baszler, which she did. How'd that and, work out for you, Dakota? Yeah, uh, <laughs> same result. What's the definition of insanity? Yeah. Uh, here's the question. So Kai loses. Yep. Goes, gets beat up. Um, Rhea's team comes out to save her from all of Shayna's team. Big woman scuffle. And who should come out to make the save but Mia Yim with a kendo stick, wielding a kendo stick, how you wield a kendo stick. A kendo stick. That is how you hit people with a kendo stick. Like a helicopter. La- Just keep laying, going. Laying into the ladies with that kendo stick. Good Can we have Lord. Io Shirai and Mia Yim in a kendo stick match? No, someone going to die. Don't do it, man. <laughs> Don't do it. That's like a Singapore death match right there. Oh, God. Uh, What's th- that but, Muay Thai but, stick boxing they did? They do in like Vietnam and stuff. With the they, they just hit each other with the sticks constantly. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking of when I think about just the kendo sticks going constantly. Anyway, I don't know. Okay, but at any rate, yeah, Rambo too. When at the beginning, when he was there. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, they must do it in, in Thailand then. Of course. Yeah, How did he I? He was in Vietnam. Rambo. I think. Oh, I mean, uh, what, a, what a wonderful documentary on Vietnam, Rambo it, too. Oh God. Uh, so anyway. We, uh, we had this match end up with Mia Yim saving everybody, and backstage Rhea Ripley says, well, I'm going to have Mia Yim on my team now because look at her. She's a badass. Uh, and sorry, Dakota, you're out. And everyone kind of like sadly looks at Dakota, and Dakota goes, it's all right. I, I understand. And she leaves. And uh, that's very sad. Yeah. Here's the question. What happens now with Dakota Kai? Is she going to turn heel and join Shayna's team? Because Shayna's still looking for that fourth member. It's going to be a big surprise on the day of War Games. Is no is is she going to come out and save everyone during war games? What's the what's the arc here going with Dakota Kai? This is really interesting that this is how they're playing it. I have I like that I like the choice of Mia Yim in this match. Totally, but what's happening with Dakota? I have no idea. I, I don't yeah. think she's getting in. No, you don't think she's going to turn heel? No, she has every reason to from a, from like a heel standpoint. Why after she's beaten her down constantly? Why would Shayna Baszler? Bring in Dakota Kai to j- join the team. Uh, I don't think so. To Sorry. to psychologically damage the other team. She's already got, as she said. I can see know, Candice like, LeRae doing something like that before she, um, Dakota Kai. No, yeah. no, not the way they've been portraying her. Absolutely All right. not. All right. Well, uh, you you wait and see, Nick. When Dakota Kai turns heel, you can come back to me and we'll talk about hashtag Nick booking. I never know uh, whether Ian has looked up spoilers or not. For the record. So. Nothing's been recorded. There is no spoilers for me to look up. I understand. <laughs> Just giving you shit. <laughs> Number of times I've been pr- I've been correct in my predictions. When was the last time you won a, a pickums at a pay per view? Just just out of curiosity. Finn Am Baller. I getting my Finn spoilers? Baller walked out to join the OC this. Am week? I getting I'm my spoilers in these pay per views from somewhere, or is it just my mind? My mind. 
right here. We're one and one with WrestleManias, so rubber match. WrestleManias. Year. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's what. That's all. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Rubber match. Twenty twenty. WrestleMania. <laughs> Angel Garza. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about a, a, a man's package. Angel Garza uh, had a match with Tony Nese, and this was a lot of fun. It was a number one contenders match with the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, my God, these guys balled out. Mm. In the case of in the case of Angel Garza, literally. <laughs> I loved the beginning. Of, oh God, uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, just completely. I just lost my train of thought. You know, at oh, some point, man. the pants. Hope you guys enjoyed the side by side Colin Farrell and Angel Garza meme I made this week. That was a lot of fun. Um, th- this match, I liked the beginning. Of, the first five minutes of it was where they were just kind of testing out, feeling out, counting abs, doing all that stuff. The the theatrics of them getting started. I, I really enjoyed this, and then they just went nuts, and I, I, I had a blast watching this match. Um, Same here. I, I think it's it's interesting. I would not have expected Angel Garza to put down former cruiserweight champion Tony Nese like three four months ago, former uh, to put Angel Garza over into a spot to be the number one contender, but it did. He did. Yeah. The thing with Nice that's interesting is he's very much a, a utility where he doesn't he's got the charisma of a sweat sock yeah but the guy is a, an absolutely incredible wrestler and he's capable I mean he can go out there and you know his personality is I have eight abs that's his personality right okay um, so you know your Chris Masters only small with longer hair right it's it's not a great gimmick but the guy balls out in wrestling um, and he and Garza did here like you know whether granted you did have the one kind of goofy spot where uh niece wouldn't let garza do the do the you know do his pants rip but then uh garza's pants are like half off and niece tries to power bomb off the top rope and he power bombs a pair of pants morrow garza, had the call of the year <laughs> yeah that man just power bombed a pair of pants <laughs> and garza's sitting up there his glorious garza dong in full view oh, yes that's God. right angel garza the man who's never heard of a small package and uh <sighs> Uh, and they, yeah, they had a fantastic match. I think it's I think it's very apropos that he goes through Tony Nese to show that he's legit on the way to Leo Rush. And they yeah. even had a little bit with Leo Rush at the end where they met at the top of the ramp, and Leo went for the handshake, and Angel Garza smiled and slapped him across the face, walked away, um, and Leo just kind of smiled at it. He's like, "All right, that's how it's going to be." I loved it. I, I loved it. A lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, good. Angel Garza, Leo Rush, give it to me. Yes, I'm all, all about it. Day long. Uh, finally, we have to talk about Dijak. Donovan J- Dijakovic. Dijak versus Killshot. Swerve Scott. Uh, uh to, it, was this a dream match? Like, to, uh, the idea that we have this crossover Dijak versus Killshot? Like, uh. I'm. I was very curious what the thought process behind this was because yeah. it seems like Dijak is being diverted away from war games or he's being held in reserve in case Velveteen Dream doesn't get healthy in time. Mm. Right? That's kind of my speculative feeling on what's happening here. Dijak, from a storyline standpoint, can be inserted into the war games match and it will work, but they want Dream in the match. Because Dream is the one with the history with the, with the Undisputed Era. Yep. Uh, bigger crowd, yep. favorite. So ideally, you'd have Dream fill in that final slot in the men's team in the war games match, but we got to keep Dijak in people's memory so we have him beat Swerve Scott, who, by the way, Swerve Scott's getting over with this crowd. Mm-hmm. I don't Me know too. if they knew him from before, <laughs> which you should. He's, he was Evolved Champ. He was you know, Lucha Underground, all the places you should know him from. But 
uh, he's getting over here. And this match made him look great, even in defeat. Like he looked like he was going, he was toe to toeing Dijak. So, yeah, another very fun match. Nothing really to write home about, but yep. some interesting spots and and good work by both guys. Ultimately, so. he's a, he a nasty. It's a it's a GTS, but a um, eat uh, feast your eyes. I guess is what he calls that. The was it? What? It's a fireman's fireman's carry into a. It's a GTS. He knees him in the face. Knee the of. face. Kind of, kind of. It's that, but he's, he flips him over from a fireman's carry instead of throwing him over his head onto the knee. Right, right. Anyway, uh, lands that Swerve Scott. It's like an out. A. It's an AA, AA uh, knee strike or whatever. You, I don't. Know. Uh, I don't even. I don't know. Is I think he calls it the feast your eyes. He calls but, it the feast your eyes. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yep. So, good yeah. stuff this week on NXT. To Lots counterpoint of good stuff. the good stuff on AEW Wednesday night. It just balled out this week. It was it was so freaking entertaining on Wednesday, Nick, that it actually pains me. It pains me, Nick, that we have to do this next next segment because the main roster of WWE has really been pretty trash lately, and that didn't change over on SmackDown. From Manchester. Oh God! What is, is that going on? Was what that supposed to be a Manchester accent? Was that a Mank accent there? Hang on. Let's let's not okay, get tighter. Sorry. Let's not get wrapped around the axle on how terrible my accents are. How are you gonna fly the SmackDown roster from Saudi Arabia to Buffalo Late, to, to, yeah. to the UK right. in two weeks? Like who's making these travel plans? <laughs> it's so weird because I remember saying when they were originally in Saudi Arabia and we were looking at the schedule, we're like, wait, they gotta be in Saudi Arabia on Thursday and do SmackDown on Friday. And I said, well, maybe they're going to do like a, an England show. I remember hearing they were going to do some like a, a UK tour around that time. And I said, well, it would, make, it would make sense to go from Saudi Arabia to England and do a SmackDown in England. No, they did, a, they did the Saudi Arabia show, flew them to New York, or tried to, were late, missed failed, the show. Failed miserably doing so. Failed because, you know, it was a stupid idea. And then... A week later, they fly them back to Manchester. What? What are you? What was this? What kind of planning was this? Did they think the Saudi Arabia show was going to be this week, and so they were planning like all these slots last year in advance, and it just didn't work out? Maybe they were, like, they were using one of those JustFly.com websites where you get super cheap tickets, but you have to jump through like five different hubs or something, and they found this route. You're a billion-dollar company. Figure it out. <laughs> what the hell, man? Oh, that's just cruel. Cheaptickets.com for WWE. <laughs> I mean, these 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 poor wrestlers must have no idea. And the whole staff, like the whole crew. They must not know their assholes from their elbows at this point. They've got to be so hungry, like just jet-lagged. and Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, so uh, maybe they're trying to get them home for, for Halloween, but that didn't work out either did it no my god i mean hindsight's 2020 i'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that but anyway all right so let's let's not split hairs this show sucked there were <laughs> i'm just i'm uh, not gonna yeah. spend a lot of time on this because we got to go prep for aew fuel fuel rod uh, full, gear. full gear okay god, <laughs> damn it um, um we can't even yeah. be mad at the like i can't the manchester audience was really i mean they were dead yeah, like they were they were worse than Long Island dead. They the, when they start doing their their footy chants, their soccer chants, 
Like, hey, baby, I want to know if you'll be my... When they start doing that, you're like, okay, they've checked out. They've, no, they always, no, they always do that to Bailey. They, I, but they usually do it loud. This time they're like, it's kind of like half asleep. Eh, Bailey, I want to know. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't loud or, or meaning. Like, there were no big chants. There was no big... There was like a couple of big pops-ish. But I can't blame them. This show was terrible you open with baron corbin coming out and giving one of the worst opening promos on a show i can remember like not from a technical standpoint the guy pulled off the script he was given but mother of god what a what a piece of crap this was finally no pun intended oh god he he came out and started you know by by putting over Roman Reigns and saying he's a he's a, a role model because he beat cancer. But I feel like the big dog has lost his, his – his bark is worse than his bite. Here, let me show you how. And he's got a, the stupid, like, you know, computer graphic of the big pit bull dog, big thing dog up on the screen. And it's overdubbed with a chihuahua barking. And it goes on forever. It keeps barking, and he's just laughing. Like, oh, did you listen to it? Like, to hear it, it's it's going. Oh my god! And then he has then he has dog poop bags saying that if you if you want to keep roaming around, that's fine, but you're gonna have to pick up his his poop, little dog poop. Vince, Vince, it's good shit. No, literally, no, no, Vince. This is not good shit. Killed the audience dead. Like the, these to jokes. start the show. This oh is what you're going to open with. <laughs> these jokes went over like a fart in church. This was terrible. Oh, oh my God. I, and so, I look back to 48 hours prior to the AEW Dynamite and NXT live episodes that we got on Wednesday night. And I went from there to this. And I went, and you know what's that funny? is a perfect example of why AEW exists in the first place. It, oh God, it was God. so perfect. Nail on the head. It's and it's it's so it, it was so bad. I didn't even have it in my notes at this point. It's way down further because I didn't want to talk about it right now, but I couldn't help myself. That yeah. Corbin opening was just as they say in France, hoot garbage. Uh what the big thing about the show was was the NXT invasion, quote unquote, continued. Eh. But the you know, the way that they were spinning it was well, NXT isn't really gonna mess with us now because we're back to full strength. So by NXT invasion, you mean Shayna Baszler showed up again? Shayna Baszler showed up and laid out Bailey after Sasha beat Nikki Cross in a meaningless match. We had Sasha versus Nikki. She taps out Nikki. Nikki's the hometown. Well, you know, her first ever match on the main roster was in Manchester. She's Scottish. So, you know, Manchester's up north. So you probably have some people coming down from Scotland for the show. So you've got people who want to cheer Nikki. Nope. Got to beat her in front of the hometown crowd. Silences the whole damn crowd again. Shayna comes out, beats up Bailey really quickly, gives her the exact same move she gave her last time. Why not? Why, why make things different? Why make things interesting? Nope, same thing, and then runs off. That's it. Um, which is, which by the way, you know, we said Bailey has to get one over on Shayna Baszler, so why do that? Why not do the total opposite and make Bailey look like a goon? Again, yeah. great, great. Uh, and then. The other quote-unquote NXT invasion was Heavy Machinery coming down like they were going to have a match, and they get attacked by all four members of Imperium, including freaking Walter. They get attacked for 30 seconds. 
all of the fucking all the low mid card guys come down the ramp and chase them off. Imperium's there for maybe thirty seconds and then they run off from the crowd and that's it. Yeah, didn't have any that time was, to explain. No, oh my god, it's Imperium. They who's said it, Walter who's once. Imperium? Like, oh look, it's Walt. Yeah. Oh look, it's Walter. Oh, and there he's gone. No, why, no, why no time in the just, ring. No, no mic no. time. Nothing to explain to the crowd who these people are. <sighs> now, hopefully, because they've got Imperium on the main roster and they teased it, they're planning on doing something on Raw. That I, I'm hoping that's the case. I haven't looked at the spoilers. I know they're out yeah. there. I'm trying to keep myself pure. I'm trying to keep myself pure. Yes. Um, I have heard negative things about the, the raw spoilers. I've heard bad yeah, things. Just in case you don't know, they did double record both SmackDown and Raw yesterday, earlier in the day in Manchester. So Raw is already out there. Spoiler alert. Be on the yeah, lookout. Careful. Yeah. So should they have done more than just run-ins on this to, to make a quote-unquote NXT invasion? Because the, 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 the line they were preaching all night was, Oh, uh, SmackDown's back to full strength. NXT wouldn't dare come after us now. Well, that makes NXT look like goobers because they can't handle a full roster. They, I'm sorry, they came out and looked like stars last week, and this week you're burying them. If, well, that's if, dumb. It's exactly at that moment that you march the entire NXT roster out there and you take over. And, and so if they had said something like that as a setup to trigger... NXT just exploding, but you've also said you don't want to see the entire NXT roster doing backroom brawls and all that kind of and taking over shows and things like that. Though last week, last Friday, what everybody touted was one of the more amazing SmackDowns we'd seen because yeah. of all of the NXT interaction on there. So I and I agree, but it, you know if you look at you know if we, we talk about ratings, they were up even from last week. They were up. Because everyone expected there to be more interesting stuff. And they got this instead. So, so the w, they're going to get burned. You know, when, when when SmackDown debuted on Fox, I think they hit a 2.8 million number. They hit a 2.6 million number this week, up from last week even. And what they yeah. got to see, what those 2.6 million people got to see, was Baron Corbin Pitt talking about picking up dog poop and uh, some crazy you know, European guys chasing... Other people through uh, with no idea of who they were. Yep. <sighs> yep. And they got to well, they got to see Sasha Banks's new music, Nick. Which was actually, did you? It's actually did you really know that it's really good? Did yeah. you know she's Snoop Dogg's cousin? Yeah. In case you weren't did you, aware. Yeah. Dude, did you know? Did you know, Nick? I, yeah. I did. Yeah. Also, also uh, Becky and Seth are dating. In case what? You didn't know. Oh yeah, my god! I know. That's a, that's what it's a thing. Didn't they yeah. get engaged now too? Uh, I don't know i was trying to make a joke all right um so i i wanted to make a joke nick because i wanted to get you in a nice happy place before we talked about this next thing oh god and um i don't, I don't know nick we we were we knew that there was going to be a a tag team title match on smackdown in fact we talked about it on our last episode do you have that do you have that queued up by any chance i do i do unfortunately and this was my punishment because i said what i said so to eat some crow, I'm going to play back for you guys right now what was said last week. Here's the one thing, though, I might spoil it for you, Nick. What's that? Uh, uh, Friday Night Smackdown this week, there's a tag team match between the Revival and the New Day. Oh, no. New Day could take the titles from Revival. It could be the no! New Day themselves into this. I mean, Don't you that's put that on me, match. Ricky Bobby. That's still a really good match, right? Yeah, but it's not the revival. I want the revival. I've, I've seen the New Day in everything for the last six years. 
Uh, I want I want some revival love, especially against War Machine. <laughs> Come on, guys, Hashtag let it happen. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm change sorry, my picture sorry to, sorry out to, to the, that the out cat there for meme. you, but I'm helping you brace yourself in case it happens. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Is what I'm, I don't I'm, think that's gonna happen. Oh, Nick, never say never. Mm. Never say never. Brace I'm not yourself. Saying son. Never. I'm saying I said I don't think that's gonna happen. I didn't think that you could have Brock Lesnar beaten up by Ray. So yeah, I'm there. I am saying I, I, I said never say never for the. Record. You said never say never. You did. Right. Say, you did. And you did I said I don't think that should or is going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, I said get ready. But for I it. was wrong. <laughs> I said get ready for it. it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and it did happen. Of course Son it did. Son of a bitch. Of course it happened. <laughs> of course it happened. Of course it happened. You, I, I you saw, had I War Machine. <laughs> Versus the revival, and you cocked it up. All right, Nick. <laughs> let me talk you off the ledge here because this is why I knew they were going to do this. This is why, I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, "This, there, that's." Because here's the thing: it makes sense to have it be New Day. No, it doesn't. Now it's unfortunate that it's at the it's at the expense of the revival, but if it's revival, because fuck the revival, right? Well, that too. <laughs> Sorry, F-bomb yes. there. I was quoting the yeah. Young Bucks. FTR. Yeah. Um, so, n- yes, but you've got the Viking Raiders, you've got Undisputed Era, and you have the Revival. That's a whole lot of dudes who are very recently NXT and ha- have not, frankly, really gotten over on the main roster. Revival, not that over. Viking Raiders, people know about them, but they're not... Hugely over. Granted, they're not the seven-time tag team champions, but they've now had both tag team championships in this year. I'm th- I mean, they're doesn't not that matter. over. Doesn't uh, matter. Doesn't okay. matter. The audience doesn't care about them that much. The main, the main <laughs> roster audience does not care about them as much as they do care about New Day. New Day is a known factor. They're going to bring a different... Uh, if you put New Day into this, you plug New Day into this uh, three-way match... It's a whole different look at the match. And let's be clear, Nick. New Day can go with these guys. It's not like New Day's a hack team. They're a fantastic team. This is still going to be a great match. It's not what you wanted. You wanted your boys, the revival in this. No, I didn't want some cheap give back to Kofi for his six-second shitty loss to Brock Lesnar, which is all this is. This wasn't no. This wasn't a give back. This was this was actually to make this triple threat a better match. I I mean, that. that being that being said. This does underline just how dirty they did Kofi. It really does because hey Kofi, yeah, oh, he, uh, this what was the what was the, what, the, what did they say on commentary uh, when when they won the belts when New Day won the belts and Kofi's got the belts like oh this must make Kofi feel better uh, after uh, I, I've, he's got to feel good after what he's been through recently or whatever it was. <laughs> no, Corey was like, called out after his loss and they had video packages of it for other things. So I. Like, what? How does it make him feel better? He's back to being a, a mid-card tag guy. Oh, yeah, oh, I feel so much better. I'm back to throwing pancakes and 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 you know ha- having unicorns on my shirt and being a, a being mid-card court, comedy court guy. Jester of uh, yeah. uh, of WWE. I was the top dude for a little bit, and then I got punked out to the real top guy, and now I'm I'm kicked back down to where I belong, just like Jinder Mahal. You know what I mean? Like it's. That's all that. That's, that's all it is. Except Kofi can actually wrestle. That's a great example of 
you know, what, three years ago, what happened? You were utilitarian. We used you yes. for what you were at the time. Oh, God. And then once we're done with you, <laughs> go back where you, deso- where you deserve to be. Oh. It, ju- it, shows, it shows their mentality on him. It shows how stupid we were to actually believe in him and believe in them during that time. And the entire time we were waiting for those shoe to drop, we're like, oh, when are they going to pull away from Kofi? When are they going to – oh, they can't possibly really believe in Kofi. This isn't they, – they don't genuinely believe the story that they're telling us. Nope, they don't. Yep, saw it. Okay, there it is. Lost to Brock in six seconds. Get back down where you were, Kofi. Get back to dancing. Get back to dancing. Make the crowd happy. Just be happy to be here. God. Gross. Uh, the revival not having it. Do you think that that's legitimately just because they want New Day in this match uh, to give some variety to it, to to have the main roster be part of this match, to have like more of a hook for the main roster crowd, or do you think that it's also punishment because Dash Wilder was one of the people that was tweeting stuff on that plane in Saudi Arabia? I didn't know that. I didn't know Dash was part of it. I knew uh, Carl Anderson had done something. Baron Corbin. Uh, several others. I didn't hear that Dash had said anything. Dash, I, I, I I, okay, then fine. If if he said something controversial and Vince was like, "All right, screw you. I'm going to yank the titles off of you, and you don't get your, you don't get your um, triple threat match anymore at Survivor Series." Congratulations, loudmouth. Just it's wild speculation on my part. I think that it's a business decision based on the New Day being more appropriate to have in this match, but. Just couldn't help but think about how vindictive WWE is and yeah. you know how, how dirty they do the revival so often. Like, Had the they spun it in the way that the legacy of the six-time, now seven-time tag team champions and that SmackDown wanted to put their best foot forward, had they somehow spun it in that way, not burying the revival in the process, I, I could have gotten on board with that. You know, I, I, you think this was a burial? The revival did look uh, fairly competitive out WWE there. WWE is con- fine. They've all every match the revivals ever had. They've looked competitive. You know, they're they're one of the best tag teams currently working right now, and I don't understand how they've gotten this been completely trivialized in to make it look like dirt bags in the WWE. I just I don't understand. I don't understand. Now, that said, yes, now you have the seven-time, seven-time tag team champions. Get it right, crowds, when they zoom in on you. Oh, whatever city we're in, you know? (laughs) And that's one of my favorite parts is when the New Day comes out. You can see the people stammering around trying to go, (laughs) seven-time! It's it's fine. Are the New Day going to be fine in this match? Absolutely, they're going to be. It's going to make it. Just as good, if not better, than the Revival being in there. But you had Revival versus War Machine, and you messed up, dude. You just uh, hash- messed up. Hashtag Marestlin. We also time. had a few other few other things on the show that were messed up. Tyson Fury, who probably got one of the biggest pops on the show because, you know. Can't imagine why. He's British. Right. Um, uh, certainly not for his views on women. Uh, he came out and had a WWE moment and said, oh, you know, I had a great match with Braun Strowman. Yep. It was really fun. Braun Strowman came out and said, what do you want to say to me? And Tyson Fury said, hey, we're great. Let's be a tag team. And Braun said, no one will be dumb enough to face us. Oh, yeah, no, we got guys in the back who are that dumb. It's B-team. I love Bo Dallas. Here comes B-team. I just B-team. say that? <laughs> Here comes B-team to come out and get squashed by these two guys. Sure enough, knockout punch, uh, running power slam. Braun and Tyson stand tall. Yay. 
Uh, from from Nicholas, know, the twelve-year-old, to Tyson Fury, the championship boxer. <laughs> it's just—it's more of Braun being booked as an attraction. It's—he's the new big yeah. show. He's the new big show. I'm completely one hundred percent convinced of it at this point. He is the new big show. Uh, and Tyson Fury got a little bit more love from WWE. Obviously, the the relationship there is very solid. He'll probably come back at some point. Uh, I have no doubt. Maybe after doing a couple more matches in boxing, if he is still the heavyweight champion, lineal or not. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the one thing that got that crowd kind of excited. But uh, it certainly wasn't the Roman Reigns and uh, Baron Corbin match, which, uh, which, well, they did get excited by the end of this match because both these guys are good enough workers they can work up a crowd and get them excited for a match. They did actually get excited at the end. Uh, Rudolph kept interfering by yeah. Rudolph. I don't Corbin mean the got Reynolds a little Rainbow. help from his friends, you could say. Yep. And ends up giving Roman an end of days to end the show on a downer. Roman getting beaten clean in the middle of the ring by Baron Corbin after that awesome promo that Corbin gave at the top of the show. Oh, I'm so glad that he got rewarded, and the crowd was too. Uh, they were not happy about that, and the show went out to very like almost no crowd noise. Yeah. So is this kind of booking going to hurt Corbin long-term, where he's got like goons helping him all the time, and he comes out and he gives promos that just die to the audience and then comes out and has has matches where he wins and like the, look from a fundamental standpoint they're booking him the way they should book a heel but it's just there's aspects of it that are i think screwing him up do you it's know what funny i'm saying you just said fundamentals and that really triggered something in my head baron corbin has all of the fundamentals he has all of the pieces to be great he has all of those character traits and abilities and size and genetics and athletic ability. He has all of the fundamentals down to be a fantastic WWE or other superstar. I just don't think he's gotten in. The, the Constable Corbin thing was about as close as we've seen them almost land the plane on Baron Corbin. So I think the King of the King of the Ring thing is an interesting experiment as well because it loosely aligns to that, but it still feels like whoever's writing his promos for him is missing the mark. And I, I just they haven't found the thing yet for Baron Corbin to be. And so I, I when they find that and it all clicks, it's gonna be interesting to see and look back on these last three to five years of the comeuppance of Baron Corbin because I think he does have a ton of potential. I just don't think they've hit it yet. I think they, they could do more with the King of the Ring stuff. Like, you know, King Booker, he went all in with it. Like, everything was King-related. And sure. with Corbin, he's coming out in the, in the cape and the hat. And fine, at least it's a little bit more in, in keeping with his character that it's black and brown and, you know, it's not just the big garish Burger King colors. But he could do more with being the king, right? Yeah. Besides calling the audience his subjects. Besides that, like, are there some sort of executive powers the King of the Ring gets? Like, does he get to call his own matches? Something like that, where he could give say, him his constable power. You know, uh, or not GM, even that much. Not even that much. But you know? like something, something where that gives him a certain uh, amount of power, and he can then use that and you know say, "Well, I'm the king, so I get this." Right? Have it mean something beyond just he gets to come out in a dumb costume? Sure. Have, um, have have him be wheeled around in a throne or, or whatever. Ha have him 
come out in the middle of matches and just say, stop, stop, this is boring. You guys don't get to wrestle anymore. And start bring out two new people and they start a match. Or, or whatever. Stuff like that where he not is performing, but he's interfering with other matches. I think I've said that from the beginning. That's the kind of things I want to see the King doing. Um, especially King Corbin. I want to see him meddle, not actually have matches and feuds and stories. I just want to see the King rule. And and meddle in shit, you know. Just be a dick and send his yeah. goons in. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I I could see I could see an argument both ways for that. I mean, because the guy can work, and this was a, a match that did actually get a, a very very lackadaisical crowd worked up a bit by the end. Even though once it, it finished, they were all kind of like, oh, okay, well, never mind. I'll say this. <laughs> sorry, sorry get, for caring. Is Roman the biggest guy that's taken that end of days? Because Roman's about two seventy, if I remember right. Yeah, he barely took it. Barely yeah. took it. I mean, he uh, took it, but. It looked all right. Looked that, all right. That's a big boy coming in at full speed for a spear, and you hook him and swing him around like that. I mean, yeah, kudos yeah. to Baron for swinging that Bar- one around. Baron's a big boy too. Yeah, he is. Uh, so yeah, that was that was that. Rudolph was there. They're back to being goons. Great. So now does so now are they the uh, Mercury and Noble, or are they the the the, the Singh brothers for Baron Corbin? Like I know this trope's been going on for decades and decades, but. Like, are are we gonna have Ru- <laughs> Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler be the two goons for Baron Corbin now? Is that is that the booking we're going back into? And is Roman back to the top of the card? Like, it's all about Roman again? How far Bobby Roode has fallen? I mean, look uh, at look at all of the other NXT champions, right? Look at Finn Balor. Look at Seth Rollins. Look at Kevin Owens. Look at Sami Zayn. Look at Shinsuke. They're all just doing fantastic. Except for Kevin. We don't know where Kevin is. And then look at Bobby Roode. Drew McIntyre. The one that took the title off of Bobby Roode. Look at Drew McIntyre. Having fantastic yeah. matches. Just coming back from injury. Absolute beast. And what's yep. Bobby Roode doing? Yep. Probably, probably the most underutilized NXT champ on the main roster. Even Neville had a run with the belts. Like a cruiserweight belt. He was the top of the cruiserweight division. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Sami Zayn. Sorry, Sami Zayn's probably the, the the most underutilized. Except that he's not really. Like he's got this new thing going where he's kind of forming a bit of a stably kind of I'm thing. I'm kind of digging what Sami Zayn's yeah. doing. He's going a little brain over there, and I, he's he's building a little stable. It's a waste to ha- not have this guy wrestle because he's such a goddamn good wrestler. But I like him being a little bit of mouth of the south. Jimmy Hart, Bobby the Brain, Heenan starting up, you know, working with Shinsuke, trying to recruit. Daniel Bryan, Cesaro as well. He still hasn't said a word. Yeah, I I like a Shinsuke Cesaro stable. That's all good stuff. They had a match against uh, Ali and Chad Gable. I refuse to call him by the name the WWE's calling him by right now. Uh, They had Daniel Bryan watch the match from the ramp. And sure enough, Shinsuke and Cesaro, with with a little help from their friend Sammy, ended up beating Ali and Gable. Uh, and backstage, Sammy basically was like, hey, Daniel, see what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, the lights go out, the red lights come up. Sammy bolts the hell out of there because the fiend attacks Daniel Bryan. Uh, and that was, uh, Bray on Twitter basically said, yeah, I'm getting revenge against people. And that's why Daniel Bryan was number three. For so, what? Uh, Daniel betrayed him back in the day in the cage match, right? He left the Wyatt family. Oh, my God. Holy smokes, that was a long time ago. Yeah. 
But they also, I, I think that's Bray uh, retconning. I think they were like, oh, why don't we have you attack Daniel Bryan? And Bray's like, uh, okay, let me make sense of this on Twitter for everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the it doesn't thing. Make any sense. Here's the thing that's in my head. This is kind of what I wanted the fiend to be doing all along, anyway. So I'm not that mad at it, but I think you've already committed by putting the Fisher-Price Universal title on him. And you can't just do that anymore. He's got to look like a legit top wrestler now because you put the Universal Championship on him. So you can't have it both ways. That's what I'm struggling with. You're doing what I wanted you to do, but you didn't keep it in your pants long enough. Nope. Oh, just. but and but and the thing is, he's got the belt now, and he's another champ who's barely ever going to defend the damn belt. I mean, I'm all for the belts, not like I don't want the belts to change hands all the time, you know, like, like they did in the Attitude Era. You don't you don't have to like shuffle the belts around, but at least put them on somebody who's going to come out and talk about how they, how they have the belt and and give it prestige and not just you know he didn't have the belt. He attacked Daniel Bryan, didn't have the belt on him because of course why would he have the belt on him? Because the belt's irrelevant the belt. to them. He yeah. shouldn't have to care. Ah, this, we're going down the rabbit hole. Never got it in the first place. We've been down this. Um, I'm interested to see where this all goes. Daniel Bryan's being tempted by Sammy. Now he's being attacked by the Fiend. Uh, he seems like he might be having going into an IC feud with Shinsuke, which would be beautiful. Um, yes, not sure what that all means. This was the most intriguing part of the show to me. Uh, I liked this a lot. So very I, curious. I, I, I want to know where it goes from here. Ooh, ah, uh, I want to know. And finally on SmackDown, Carmella and Dana Brooke beat Fire and Desire, which of course is Sonya Deville and Mandy. Mandy. And uh, as a result, Carmella and Dana Brooke will be on Sasha Banks's Survivor Series women's team. Should, was this the right decision? Should it have been Carmella and Dana instead of Fire and Desire on the on the on the Survivor Series team? Can I take Dana and Sonya? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because look, Dana's come along. You way. didn't have to have this be a tag match. This didn't have to be. This right, could it could have been like, a four way. You know, choose women. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. something, something else that's not a tag match. But I get it, timing, all that stuff. Look, Dana yeah. looks fan is looking a lot better. I like she all is. of the. She is very obviously she's grown committed in 2019 to improving and growing and all of that stuff, and she's done phenomenally well. And you could see some of the work coming out in this match, um, even as short as it was. But at the same time, I just I want to be able to see more uh, work out of some of these ladies before we commit to them. Oh, they're just on the Survivor Series match. Uh, what? Where? Who are they? But that's but that's the problem with highlighting you know four women at most, and then all of a sudden you have all these other. When every time you want to have something like this happen, you all of a sudden have to build up the other women and say, "See, they're actually they're actually something too. They're here." And the audience is like, "Yeah, I guess yeah. we kind of know that they exist. We eh. have no reason to care." We have no reason to care. Like it all, it's all of a sudden next week if uh, you have Becky versus Sarah Logan. Honestly, audience ain't going to give a shit because you didn't do anything to build Sarah Logan. You could have, you could have had her come out in some of these matches or 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 Liv Morgan, whatever the heck heck happened to her. You know, you could be building them, but you're not. And then it comes to situations like this, and you're like, uh, uh, who do we give Becky after WrestleMania? Um, I don't know, Lacey Evans. And you just have to huh? like. Pull out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, who should we get after that? Um, uh, Natalia. Why not Natalia? And the crowd is like, we don't care about Natalia. You've made us not care about Natalia. Yeah. You. We don't care about Natalia. Well, she. Well, she can beat Oscar. Look, she, she's going to tap out Oscar. Why is she tapping out Oscar? That makes no sense. Why is Natalia tapping out Oscar, a woman who can beat Becky Lynch? Why? What the? What is the? 
what is the hashtag WWE logic? Yep. And I'm done talking about SmackDown, Nick. Yep. I'm done. I'm done. <sighs> terrible, 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 just, terrible just, SmackDown. Just terrible. Just, uh, just terrible. Whoever wrote that show was a knucklehead. Terrible. It was just terrible. Just well, guys, terrible. Uh, that's our show. Oh, God, no. We're not done yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Not a big one today, just a couple of little notes. Uh, AEW beat NXT in the ratings this Wednesday. As we mentioned earlier, it was 822,000 with a point, point three five to 813,000 with a point three oh. That's pretty much a tie. Um, Is this it, people it, that are watching it at the same time just channel flipping back and forth with the last the, the last channel cool. button? <laughs> Quite possible, uh, but this is so. The interesting thing here that I that I, I found is the only like there's virtually a tie, right? Virtually a yeah. tie across everything, except thirty five to forty nine year olds. Oh, NXT, NXT dominated. Oh, okay. Like so, AEW killed it on the younger you know, on the younger demo, but like specifically the demo the demo that came back to NXT uh, this week. That AW didn't recoup from last week, where they both went way down. Yeah, NXT significantly recouped in the thirty-five to forty-nine-year-old. Yep, yeah. I'm in that demo, and I watched AEW. Actually, well, no, that's not true. I did. I watched <laughs> both of them on Thursday, right? <laughs> but uh, fair news, I'll say I, I have cable and I DVR'd both of them. So, to the ratings, it thinks I watched both of them. Right, and that's the interesting anomaly and in why ratings are bullshit. <laughs> Is because you can just record them on your DVR and never watch them, and the ratings will say that you were you were a viewer, and the advertisee has to get paid. And you know what? That's what matters to the TV station. And right yep. now, you know NXT is more at risk there because they're more expensive for USA than AEW is. AEW yep. is a bargain. Yep. For TNT, so as far as TNT is concerned, um, you know we would assume they're very happy with AEW, especially if they peak around eight to a million. That's yeah, great, cool. That's fantastic. Making some good money. Yep. NXT, they've got to they've got to pick up that game. They've got to start showing that they can beat the other show on at the same time slot at the very least. Yep. So that's that's why it's important. Uh, but yeah, getting a little closer now. We'll see what happens when they don't uh, tease the NXT, the main roster invasion to NXT. See if that holds up. See if people come back to AEW after full gear. Uh, if it's a dip after their pay per view, or if it comes back up. Should be curious. Obviously, you know, week to week doesn't really matter. It's the long-term patterns you have to look at. Uh, I'm interested really to see if this 822 hardness. number that they pull on Dynamite translates into pay-per-view buys tonight. That's going to be the real tell. That's this is their important. first pay-per-view, first pay-per-view since they had TV. Yeah. So if this pay-per-view bombs, and that that arena, by the way, was about a third empty that they were in already. So yeah, there's definitely. Definitely some questions still out there about AWE. Uh, update on the Laparca injury. He has been moved out of the intensive care unit, and he has movement in his arms and legs. So that's oh. actually all looking very good after that nasty bump he took diving to the outside in a match. Mm. Uh, so Laparca looks like he is getting a little bit better uh, on the mend. As always, best wishes to Laparca. Uh, get well soon. Yeah. Uh, to continue with the injuries... Buddy Murphy is working through an injury. He, uh, he was apparently injured during his match with Cedric Alexander this last week, but worked through it. Apparently, it's minor. Uh, Alexa Bliss has had a shoulder issue. She should be cleared very soon. Obviously, Sasha Banks was injured, had a minor injury ever since her Hell in a Cell match. She was cleared this week, hence why she had the match. 
but that's why she's been out um, and just hanging out with Bailey. And Xavier Woods, ooh, he is out till at least summer of 2020 with that Achilles tendon. Uh, that's oof, poor guy. Achilles are no joke, guys. That's the no. he, he may not wrestle again with that one. If he's out yes. this long, he may be done. I loved I loved his tweet where he said, "Licensed medical professional Booker T said he'll he'll probably never wrestle again." Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I hope he does wrestle again uh, for many obvious reasons. Randy Orton, Randy, Randy, Randy. Oh, Randy, uh, he has been teasing for the last couple of months that he is. Interested in AEW could possibly shift over there. You never know. The Viper, you know, him, might, and, the, him might... and the Revival are taking off. We're going to take our uh-huh. ball and go home. We're going to go to AEW. Apparently, it was all a, a, a negotiating tactic. He just re signed with WWE for five years. Of course, he did. Uh, He's not going anywhere. He anybody that thought that Randall K., anybody that thought that Cowboy Bob Orton's son, who spent the last 20 years in WWE, was going to go anywhere else. Was out of your damn mind. <laughs> Randall, Kennedy, <laughs> Kenneth, Kerfuffle, Kardashian, Orton was going anywhere else. Not going to happen. Another nope. five years with his home, the WWE. Uh, although, I, I have to say, I was fantasizing about the matches he could have in AEW. That would have been pretty insane. The Colognes, however, are not re-signing. It looks like they're on their way out, according to Savio Vega. They're finishing up their tenure there and are having fun wrestling in Puerto Rico. And they're probably going to head back down there where there's a... Th- Thriving wrestling scene. Good Lord knows the WWE wasn't using them for shit. Good for and them. And that was not a colon joke. And finally, Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard is official oh. for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship at their next pay-per-view, Hard to Kill. That's going to happen. Tessa Blanchard challenging for the ta- the championship. It's too early. You can't flip it onto her from here. And if she loses, ah, I don't know. I, I think it's too soon, but I'm so excited to see it. Sammy versus Tessa. It's happening again. For all the marbles. <laughs> for all the marbles this time. And that is the news. Oh, thank Mr. you very Hump. much, sir. Ian Dangerous for the news. And thank you guys for hanging out with this show. We gotta wrap this up and get our patron mailbag episode done before full gear. So mm. we're gonna get out of this one, but don't go anywhere. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll be right back with a new stream for our patron mailbag where we answer all the listener questions. And if you'd like to get in on some of that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those. uh, Just the $5 reward tier is all you really need. You get access to show notes and the ability to ask listener questions every single week for our patron mailbag on Saturdays that we also live stream right here on YouTube. Uh, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. and every Saturday at 8, or sorry, 3 p.m. on Saturdays, there Eastern you go. Times. Uh, there we go. So make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash busted wide open and jingle that little notification bell so you get alerts and notifications every time we put up new content. And you want to be in our Facebook discussion group tonight during full gear. We'll be having a Facebook watch party where we can all watch and chat about the buy-in pre-show live. Then we'll transition over to our Discord community to have a live chat for the entirety of the show tonight for full gear. So make sure you're both in our Facebook group and our Discord community. It's where all the action happens behind the scenes. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, but YouTube is where you want to be for sure. Make sure you guys are subscribed. We're on the race to 1,000 subscribers, and if we can get there by the end of the year, we've got a special little surprise for you that we'll tell you about when we get there. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. 
And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.